Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns, doctor of Eastern medicine and holistic fertility expert. In these weekly sessions, I'll be bringing you the best of advice on nutrition, lifestyle, and natural medicine to optimize your fertility. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are going to chat about whether a gluten-free diet might be right for you. And um, just as a teaser, (laughs) I am a pretty big fan of a gluten-free diet for fertility and other wellness. And so you're going to hear a little bit of a bias. (laughs) However, I, I am using research and I do have 20 years of clinical experience as well as personal experience with fertility and PCOS and low ovarian reserves. So let's dive into it and and see how you feel. You know, if it doesn't feel right for you, that's fine. Um, But if it does, you know, take the plunge and and I'll help give you all the resources you need. Here we go. So gluten is a popular enemy these days. It's blamed from everything from bipolar disorder to obesity. And I don't think it's acting alone, by the way, but I don't think it helps these conditions. Researchers are looking at how undiagnosed celiac disease and non-celiac gluten sensitivity or gluten intolerance may be a part of unexplained symptoms and diseases, including infertility. Here are some possible ways that gluten may be to blame for why you can't get pregnant, or at least could be a contributing factor. So unexplained infertility and undiagnosed celiac disease. Celiac disease is an immune disease in which the small intestines are damaged by gluten which is the primary protein. Because people are like, what is gluten? It's the primary protein in wheat, rye, and barley. There's no consensus among experts on whether celiac disease should be considered a true autoimmune disorder, but it kind of behaves like one. It is clear that undiagnosed or untreated celiac disease can seriously compromise a person's health. Um, However, only an estimated 1% of people worldwide are affected by the disease. Some say this number is low due to undiagnosed cases because there are so many of them. Like the amount of people that I meet that were like, I was diagnosed like well into adulthood and had no idea why I felt sick all the time um, or was bloated all the time, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's the whole, you know, just like, you know, non-celiac gluten sensitivity that we're going to get into and research is more lacking in that area just because it's, it's a spectrum. Uh, But I'll get into that. So some men and women with celiac disease have symptoms that lead to early diagnosis in life. Others have no symptoms or show very vague symptoms. Even without symptoms, a person's small intestine and their general health can be affected by gluten if they have celiac disease. Untreated celiac disease has been associated with a number of health problems, including cancer, severe nutritional deficiencies, which I see a lot of, and infertility. And you could also see how like chronic inflammation and um, nutritional deficiencies could clearly affect reproductive health. So the connection between undiagnosed celiac disease, recurrent miscarriage, and infertility. One meta-analysis, that's like a a big double-blind placebo-controlled trial, like a series of them, and it's a a large study that analyzes smaller studies, conducted in 2016, found that women with infertility were 3.5 more times likely to have celiac disease than those without fertility problems. Women with unexplained infertility were at even higher risk, six times higher, in fact, of having uh, celiac disease. Women who experience recurrent miscarriage may also be more likely to be diagnosed with celiac disease than the general population. A 2016 review points out that up to 50% of women with untreated celiac disease report having had at least one miscarriage or poor pregnancy outcome. 
like 50% is high. One 2018 study in Denmark of over 12,500 women found that those with undiagnosed celiac disease were at increased risk of spontaneous abortion. However, women with celiac disease that had been diagnosed and treated did not experience higher rates of pregnancy loss. So that just shows you how much of a difference a diet can make. Um, in a letter to the medical journal Gut, a professor reported the case of the cases of four women ages 28 to 39 who had experienced infertility for between 2 and 12 years. Uh, after beginning a gluten-free diet, the women finally conceived. The time period from starting gluten, the gluten-free diet, was between 2 and 9 months. So, you know, it, put that in perspective. Like, somebody's been infertile for 12 years and then between 2 and 9 months of a new diet and they conceive, that's a big deal. Several of them, like, had, had already had um, several failed IVF treatments. And this is something I tell women when I see them. I'm like, you know, IVF can be the answer, but a lot of the time it is not the answer until you address the underlying factors that are affecting your fertility in the first place. And if you have chronic inflammation, nutritional deficiencies, like too much stress, et cetera, there's only so much IVF can do for you. In fact, it could cause more problems. And, and it seems like it's going to get you to your destination faster and could take just as long, if, if not longer. So let's talk a little bit about the non-celiac gluten sensitivity and fertility. So that's when you have a gluten sensitivity, but you're not diagnosed with celiac disease. Because that's like most people, right? Which is like, oh, well, I don't have celiac, so, um, you know, this doesn't apply to me. A gluten-free diet doesn't apply to me. But it, it actually could. Because the amount of people that I see clinically, I see a lot of patients. And I've seen a lot of patients for a lot of years. You know, if you multiply like between, let's say, 60 and 100 people per week for 20 years, I have like a pretty large <laughs> clinical study right there. And I have never seen somebody not improve from a gluten-free diet, um, whether it's pain in their body, fertility, uh, weight loss, mental health, energy levels. The only thing that I've seen is that in some women who are very, very thin and tend to lose weight easily um, and have more trouble keeping on weight is that a gluten-free diet can be, unless they do it in the right way, it can be harder for them to keep weight on because gluten makes you like gain weight. So it just makes sense that somebody who has trouble keeping weight on might be benefiting somewhat from that. But if it's causing inflammation in different parts of your body, then, then it has to be tackled a different way. So non-celiac gluten sensitivity is an umbrella term meant to cover people who react to gluten but do not have celiac disease or a wheat allergy. Also known as gluten intolerance, this nonspecific condi condition is not well understood. Researchers aren't sure if non-celiac gluten sensitivity is one condition or possibly a part of several conditions that act together. Of course, not every person who diagnoses themselves is truly gluten intolerant. It's difficult to rule out the placebo effect. It does seem that people with celiac disease or wheat allergies aren't the only ones who react poorly to gluten. Studies on this topic have found that these patients share some symptoms of celiac disease and even wheat allergy. What they don't have is the small intestine damage visible in celiac patients. If left untreated, celiac disease can lead to fertility problems. Since people with an, the, you know, the gluten intolerance or sensitivity share some celiac symptoms, 
I mean, could those people also experience decreased fertility? I say yes, and a lot of sources say yes. And you'll have a lot of very successful fertility clinics now recommending a gluten-free diet. Like some of the fertility clinics in the U.S. that have the highest success rates in the country uh, are recommending a gluten-free diet. So it's like, is their IVF or lab that much better? Or is it just because they're integrating a gluten-free diet and acupuncture? Well, you know which way I'm leaning, obviously. So could non-celiac gluten sensitivity cause infertility? researchers are just saying that this, like the research is lacking, basically. Untreated and possibly undiagnosed celiac disease and inflammatory bowel disease, which includes ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, can cause infertility and pregnancy loss, for sure. So any kind of inflammation in the bowel is basically not favorable for, for good outcomes in fertility, natural fertility or fertility treatment. For that matter, even those being treated for inflammatory bowel disease can experience fertility struggles. Infertility isn't only caused by disease or malfunction in the reproductive system, the the body works as a whole. Again, this is what I'm always trying to communicate with this podcast. We have to view ourselves in a holistic paradigm. You know, all the systems working together, all the things in our life, the pieces of the pie are influencing our reproductive health. And when one thing goes wrong, it impacts other systems. Non-celiac gluten sensitivity may one day be added to the list of gastrointestinal disorders associated with decreased fertility. An interesting case study on this topic was reported by the Institute of Health and Society, University of Worcester, United Kingdom. The study tells a story of a couple trying to conceive unsuccessfully for four years. The woman was in her late 30s, had a history of IBS, which is common with um, gluten intolerance, asthma, previous miscarriages. Asthma also I see a lot correlated with gluten intolerance, and I have patients quit gluten and dairy, and their asthma goes away. So she had relatives with celiac disease and diabetes. She did not have these conditions, but if she has relatives with them, she might have a predisposition or genetic markers for it. Overall, her health looked okay, um, but she just couldn't get pregnant. Her partner's health also looked good, but he had IBS and he had crappy sperm. So his semen analysis revealed poor sperm morphology, and they were having to use ICSI, and they were getting what looked like good embryos, but they just were not getting pregnant. And so they were finally recommended to do a gluten-free diet, both of them, after six years of trying to conceive, many failed IVF cycles, multiple miscarriages, and then they were able to conceive. And interesting to note is that they checked the male partner's sperm after a gluten-free diet for a month or two, and his sperm morphology had returned to normal. So that's an indicator of like how much it can change inflammation levels because generally the morphology is influenced by inflammation. And these two were not diagnosed with celiac. They were not diagnosed with anything except for irritable bowel syndrome, which I think so many people have. So gluten, natural killer cells, and autoimmune infertility. The topic of reproductive immunology is fascinating and not something that everybody is aware of. Some cases of unexplained infertility, repeated IVF failure, and recurrent miscarriage may be connected to the body's immune system overreacting. I feel like this is more and more a topic, and like people are like seeking out treatment for this more and more. The doctors that treat it are very few, very expensive, and give you lots of drugs. And again, I'm like, well, just do this basic stuff first to see if that your immune system stops acting the way that it's acting, then you can get pregnant without taking a slew of medications and paying all this money. Um, so while reproductive immunology is controversial and the research is ongoing, treatment of these fertility issues has helped um, couples conceive who could not find success 
previously and you know obviously in the topic of today could gluten be playing a role in autoimmune infertility one area of immunology involves natural killer cells or nk cells they sound like a bad thing but actually they're an important part of the immune system they are a type of white blood cell that destroys potential cancerous cells and virus infected cells Problems begin when there are too many or when they start attacking healthy cells. Having a high percentage of NK cells is suspected as being a possible cause of recurrent miscarriage and failed embryo implantation during IVF. Reproductive immunologists also look at how lethal NK cells are. In this case, more lethal is not good. And how does this relate to gluten? A study of NK cells in the lab and in mice found that exposure to gliadin, part of the gluten protein, increased NK cell presence, toxicity, and activity. So it basically made natural killer cells stronger. They uh, currently There's currently no research on how it works in the human body. This was more um, done at a lab. Ladies, I have worked for years to put together a guidebook for this crazy fertility journey. It's called the Ultimate Fertility Guidebook. It contains all of my secrets, my hacks, everything to do with herbs, supplements, how to integrate acupuncture into your fertility treatment, how to eat for your cycle, how to eat for IVF, basically everything natural fertility and IVF, how to understand your hormones, how your body works, what mindfulness practices to do, how to exercise, Everything is contained within these 300 pages, and it is now available for sale on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, Walmart, and all the other online outlets and in stores. Okay, another area of reproductive immunology relates to a topic of anti-nuclear antibodies, or ANA. The presence of ANA cells indicates that an autoimmune disorder may be present, causing your body to attack itself. And ANA levels are tested when an autoimmune disorder like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis is suspected. However, otherwise healthy people sometimes test positive for ANA levels, although doctors are not sure why. My patients with ANA just feel like they're kind of constantly inflamed, um, and they, it's like unspecific. They just don't feel quite right, which is like obviously not well-regarded in the medical community because they just want to see data. Like what's inflamed? What's it affecting? Is it breaking down tissues? Like they want to be able to study it and quantify it. And when they can't do that, it's like it doesn't exist. The presence of ANA cells is suspected of causing problems with embryo implantation during IVF treatment, also a culprit in miscarriage. A 2015 study conducted in Italy looked at people with celiac disease, inflammatory bowel disease, and non-celiac wheat sensitivity. Those with celiac disease and non-celiac wheat sensitivity more, more likely to test positive for ANA than those with just IBS. More specifically, the study found that a positive ANA test occurred in 46% of those with non-celiac wheat sensitivity and 24% of those with celiac disease. So that's interesting that it was more so in the people with non-celiac wheat sensitivity. And by the way, just as a side, I was in Italy over the summer and there's gluten-free stuff everywhere. If the nation that does pasta and pizza the best is, is making gluten-free stuff available everywhere, then you have to think that maybe there's something to it. Let's talk about gluten and endometriosis. So endometriosis affects about 5.5 million women in North America. It can cause infertility and pelvic pain, and women often go years before diagnosis because you can't be properly diagnosed without a laparoscopic surgery, which is a pretty invasive. No specific studies have looked at the effect of gluten and how it may like, influence pregnancy success in women diagnosed with endometriosis, 
There is research, however, on endometrial pain and gluten, including a case study of a woman with endometriosis and undiagnosed celiac disease. A study in Italy looked at 207 women suffering from severe endometriosis-related pelvic pain. All of the women were put on a gluten-free diet for one year. After the year, they were asked to report back on their pain levels. 156 patients, or 75%, reported statistically significant improvements in their painful symptoms. About 25% didn't report any improvements, and none reported increased pain. So 75% um, reported improved like symptoms of pain. So like less pain, 75%, 25%, nothing, but nobody recorded ever reported increased pain. So there's like literally no downside. And I will tell you, like, I have a ton of patients that come see me for fertility, but then have some other pain condition going on. Like I had a woman recently with shoulder pain. Okay. You have shoulder pain. You've had it forever. You say you've tried everything, physical therapy, this, that, the other thing, every therapy under the sun. Have you tried a gluten-free diet? No, try that. Three weeks into the gluten-free diet, the pain is not there anymore. The amount of cases that I've seen, I actually myself quit gluten, uh, let's say like 15, 20 years ago because my body ached all the time. I had no diagnosis of anything. I, I had PCOS, but no other diagnosis. And I felt lighter. I lost weight. I, my pain went away. My fatigue got better. My brain fog went away. That was enough for me. The observations in my body um, were enough for me. And by the way, I loved gluten. <laughs> so, but I had a, so much pain and so many health problems and hormonal problems. And I think it was probably a lot related to that. I digress. Uh, the women in this study also, and this 207 women, so it's not a small study. The women also reported improvements in all other areas of life, including general health perception, physical functioning, vitality, and mental health. Basically all the things that I said that I also experience and that I observe in all of the patients that I recommend to do this diet. One study of, you think I'm done and I'm not done. So much more to say on this topic. Another study of 469 Italian women found a higher rate, although not statistically significant, of undiagnosed celiac disease in those who had endometriosis. This points to a possible connection between the two disorders and may indicate one role that gluten could play in infertility. Okay, let's talk about PCOS and insulin resistance and gluten. The role, because I think actually for PCOS, this is a big deal. I think it is a big deal for endometriosis too because of the inflammatory component. Um, but with PCOS, you also have the like pre-diabetes component for which gluten is poison. So the role of diet in polycystic ovarian syndrome is continually studied. So far, the majority of PCOS diet research focuses on low-carb and low-glycemic index diets. These diets are often low in gluten because many gluten-containing products are high in carbs or have a high glycemic index. So if they go low-carb, they in like basically end up pretty much going low-gluten a lot of the time. They are not truly gluten-free, however, and no studies have looked at the potential connection between PCOS and gluten, though I'm not sure why because it I think it's going to show us something. But we've we, they have looked at the possible connection between gluten and diabetes, and PCOS is, is a condition that is known to be tied to pre-diabetes, specifically insulin resistance. In fact, the diabetes drug metformin is considered a treatment for PCOS-related infertility, and so if gluten is good for diabetes, then it would probably be good for PCOS too. So the research on diabetes and gluten. Research has shown that the link between gluten and diabetes does appear to exist as people with celiac disease are more likely to have type 1 diabetes and other autoimmune disorders. I used to work a lot with an um, endocrinologist before he retired that specialized in diabetes and prediabetes, and he recommended everybody a gluten-free diet. 
Um, an interesting study in mice has shown that a gluten-free diet during pregnancy alleviated the signs of type 1 diabetes and celiac disease in the offspring. In addition, a large Danish study in 2018 showed that as the amount of gluten consumed by pregnant women increased, so did their children's risk of developing type 1 diabetes. Also, I put people on a gluten-free diet to prevent gestational diabetes because who wants to do that sugar test again? Really? Um, so should you go gluten-free? Of course, that's the main question here. Unless you have celiac disease, there's no definitive medical research showing that a gluten-free diet will help you get pregnant. Not yet, anyway. Um, but like, you know, as I've tried to state in this podcast, there are hints towards the fact that it might help you. And like, what have you got to lose here? Nothing. Except for like, you know, some of your pastries. Get the gluten-free ones. So we need more studies on this subject. Um, one day there may be more evidence connecting gluten intolerance to specific cases of infertility. However, you don't want to get pregnant one day. You want to get pregnant now. So let's give this a whirl. As long as you eat a variety of nutritious foods while eliminating gluten, a gluten-free diet can be extremely healthy. I always tell people this. I'm like, if you eliminate gluten, you eliminate all the bad foods. You know, like you eliminate most of the processed foods, most of the junk foods, most of the sweets and treats. Like that's one of the benefits is that, you know, even and even if you get a, like something less healthy that's gluten-free, they're harder to find. So you don't eat as much of them. It just makes you be, um, it makes you tidy up your diet faster, which is, which is kind of nice. Sometimes we just need like you know, strict rules. And with all the resources out there for gluten-free these days, it's just not as hard as it used to be. As the researchers of one study pointed out, when you compare the cost of potential adverse effects of fertility treatment to the cost of adverse effects of going gluten-free, I mean, it, like it hands down, like you don't really get adverse effects. Like I told you, I had a couple of patients that were already having trouble keeping weight on that lost some weight, but otherwise I've only seen it benefit people. And it will probably also benefit all the areas of your life that I talked about. The way you feel, your outlook, your mood, energy levels, all of the things. So, you know, give it a whirl. I think you might actually enjoy it more than you think. Until next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community. And I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.